I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's guest is Dr. Allison J.K. She reached out to me, and it's always fascinating to learn about these beautiful souls who have been led to connect with me to share their gifts with you. I always look at life like that and the people who enter my life, the synchrodestiny moments, and to have this open heart and an awareness that everything in life is a gift and to look at it that way and see what lessons I am learning and am meant to learn at that specific time. So with Dr. Allison, I have learned so much already, but I'm so excited to share her with you and her transformational gifts. Let me give you some information about her before I bring her on the show. Dr. Allison JK has secrets no one else uses to upgrade, inspire, and disrupt old paradigms within her community and the collective. She is an award-winning number one international best-selling author and the founder of the Vibrational Upgrade System. She is an experienced subtle energies practitioner and natural healer with a holistic approach toward helping others thrive in mind, body, and spirit. This is reinforced by her 10 years in Asia, studying subtle energies and ancient wisdom. With 20 plus years working in and teaching yoga, meditation, energy medicine, mind-body fitness, longevity, and holistic health, with a specialized focus on the chakra system, Dr. Allison brings a unique perspective that facilitates massive change. Dr. Allison's mission is to support the next higher evolution of the collective and create change for the health of this planet and those who are ready to unleash every part of the magic within them. Backed by the potency of her vibrational upgrade container, she hosts a wildly popular Activate Your Magic monthly program synced with the potency and support of the moon and offering group clearings and activations. Her signature program, Magic Manifestation and Money Flows, facilitates massive money, health, and spiritual life, enhancing shifts to hundreds of clients worldwide. While her advanced clients are supported by her Vibrational Upgrade, Mastermind Group, Certification Program, and International Retreat Programs. You don't need to believe in this in order for it to work. That is the beauty of what Dr. Allison accesses. As soon as you experience her work, you will feel the shift within you. I am so excited to introduce you to Dr. Allison JK. So without further ado, please welcome Allison to the show. Thank Hi. you so much. Hi. Yay, so we did it. With you, Ashley. Yay, we did. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I love your energy. And I told you before we pushed record how I've enjoyed listening to all of your you know, all your YouTube 
I listened to this morning. Uh-huh. I did, I did your meditation, the success, the vibrational upgrade success. I laid there and closed my eyes and listened to your voice. And I was like, Oh, it just took the power empowerment that you have been put on this earth to empower people is, I guess that would be my feeling of what I've got from you. Like you've, you've followed your path from the beginning and I love your story and we'll go to where you want to start. But I feel like you've really, I always say the breadcrumbs or the puzzle pieces, but you've, you're so intuitive, like we all are, but you really know how to do that, grasp that part of your inner soul, your intuition and use that to guide people and to show people that they have the gift too. And I love that. And I just want to think your story, don't go, don't do whatever you want. Cause I know you're like, don't tell me your story or I'm not going to tell you. So go to where you, we can start about talking about the magic. And when you really had those moments where you're like, oh, this is where I'm going to lead. I'm going to go move to Asia and all those things. Ashley, thank you for your beautiful words. I'm I'm so nose to the grindstone with loving what I do, passionately doing it. And I have learned to learn about how in some ways unique I am from other people's reflections. So that was valuable for me. Thank you. I love that. See, isn't that interesting to hear what, yeah, to see what I see in you. I love to hear that when people say that. I'm like, you do? (laughs) Yeah. It's, huh. And it feels, it feels relatively clean. Like other people are just pure projection, but yours feels clean. So I, that's in great part why I'm saying thank you. And oh. that's valuable. Pure, clean in that way, you mean? Yeah. As opposed to I'm seeing with my eyes, with my stories that are not purified yet, that I con- with the consciousness that I've not yet worked on or cleared old beliefs. So instead I'm just repeating the past and, what I see in you is only because I'm focused on it in my life as either a limitation or, or something. So I call it clean perception or accurate perception. I remember in, I started saying this when I lived in Asia, right at the beginning, actually, as I was interacting more and more with the local Chinese and there were so many cultural differences in the beginning days before I had (laughs) really good understanding of what I was dealing with, with the American to traditional Chinese and Taiwan's cultural difference, like opposites. So much so it's almost like our backs are touching as opposed to like Turkey where it's middle ground. So the actual cultural differences aren't even that stark. So it was actually in some ways easier, but there's a lot of them. Yeah. And I remember saying, I don't need to have, I don't need to be told I'm right. I need to have accurate perception. And also I don't need to be right. I need to be happy. So for me, when I teach my students accurate perception, it's clean. I guess what I mean by that, let me give you this example, because I think this will help you. Because you talked something about intuition when we were first uh, chatting and that that stuck out at you, my intuitive capacities. And, and, And it feels like that's something you're really good at naturally and learning how to be even better at it. Is that accurate? Very accurate. Thank you. Yeah. So I know that what I saw, for example, I I have training in five energy medicine modalities before I created my own. And one of them, when I first got back to the States, actually the first summer after the decade in Asia, I took Theta Healing. And it's funny because in my 10th year in Asia, I wrote What If There's Nothing Wrong, my first book that started as my PhD's dissertation in a traditional tea house. And there was Theta Healing being offered in Bali. 
And I had already been signed up to go to India for my, in between my two semesters for my yoga teacher training intensive. So when I got back to the States, actually, I caught the yoga teacher, pardon me, the um, theta healing training, both first basic and then the advanced a couple of months later. And so I'm freshly back to the States, my worst culture shock, more than the Chinese, more than the Indians, more than the Thais, huh. more than the Cambodians. I mean, the reverse culture shock, it's, it's a not, I'm not the only one who has said that, that it's harder to go back to your home country after living away. We used to talk about us expats, we used to talk about like, how many years are you away living outside your country before you can never go back? Oh, wow. Yeah. But I was able to do it. It took a bit. So I'm in this theta healing training and God bless theta healing. It's allowed me to take what I had been doing more in one-on-one sessions from a distance or locally with my hands. And it helped me learn a way to shape my clearings out verbally so that I could address people in that way. And it was this intuitive hit. I need to get this training. It's going to help me. And it was as I was getting ready to come back to the States. So it's been a great tool. It is a great system developed by Vienna Steibel. I had a really great teacher, but I was sitting there with all these newbies in this basic level training. And we had to pair off with each other and do practices of what they call digging. And it's to find out what the thing to be cleared is that needs to be addressed. And as I sat there with these people, now keep in mind, I had already been, at this point, I had already been teaching meditation to both adults and kids for at least 10 years, 20, I don't even know at this point, 93, so I'm back in 2013, so at least 20, so 20 years, a little bit less than 20 years. I'd already been doing energy medicine for about 17 years. And I was sitting with all these people in these practice runs and I was observing how what they were seeing in me as something that, as they were digging, trying to find something to clear so we could practice, that it was pure projection, that none of it, one cup, one person I was paired with, then another one, then another one, next day, again, 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 uh-huh. not, it was all about them. It was all about what either they were guessing, what are typical blocks for people, right? from having gotten readings themselves before or seen other people work before, or they were taking their stuff and projecting it onto me. And it was a fascinating phenomenon to me, in part because I was also coming back from a a culture and a hemisphere that operates much more with appreciating the subtlety in life, including being tuned into chi or prana or life force and subtle energy much more, much much more indirect. Mm -hmm. I was now in like a much more direct culture. And so there was a little bit of that that struck me too. But the point is, is that, from everything I've seen, Ashley, it's like people, if they don't work in their consciousness, they just take their own experiences and project, like we're projectors on top of a neck. Right. You know? And so to have clear perception or accurate seeing, I mean, there's very few, (laughs) it's going to sound funny, but there's very few people I respect and I'll I'll allow into my inner circle that I'll listen to. I mean, I respect everybody naturally, right. one heart to another human heart. But to actually respect them enough to have them be allowed in the permission in the in the and given permission to be in the position of giving me feedback on my life choices and me and what I'm doing now. It's very few that get in there because I see the majority of people just not having just having so much ego still that causes mm-hmm. them to muddy up. You know, as you're working with the law of attraction and and you may see a miscreation or a manifestation that didn't show up the way you wanted it. And then you go into the 
what did I do wrong? What am I thinking? What did I do wrong to bring this into my life? What did I do wrong to attract this? As if like, it's all about, how do I say this? Yeah. It's for me, I'm different than the other metaphysical practitioners in the quote unquote spiritual or new age community. I don't believe that everything is a law of attraction from the work I've done with karma clearing. And I've spent years and tens of thousands of dollars learning how to work with karma and clear it. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's persnickety. I feel like there's at least 10% of things that happen in life that are random. That like, if you, for example, get in a car accident, it's not necessarily because you attracted a difficulty in your life because you have the underlying conditioning that life is difficult and I'm meant to struggle. Mm-hmm. It could just simply be you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, right. or it could simply be you were pissed, angry, and you were impatient and you did something um, that you shouldn't have done because you weren't seen clearly because you were flooded with the emotion of anger. So I feel like what I've seen is a lot of people in the LOA community, God bless the LOA and Abraham Hicks and all the work she and he have done, Esther and Jerry. It's helped me a lot in my life. So this is by no means disparaging that beloved volume of work. (laughs) Right. I feel like I've seen people when engaging with it, make themselves bad and wrong by being overly heady Uh and applying the tools without discretion. Right. I see that. Yeah. Like a, that, that, that's their law, right? Like, and there's no give or take. Is that yes. what you mean? Yeah. Yes. It's just, this is their highway. I agree. And you know, when I was listening, I was thinking about you and your friend, when you brought up, it's hard for you to surround yourself. It's very a difficult thing for you to, who you bring around you, your energy and your space and who can give you feedback or I get that. And I was going to even ask you that. How do you, how does your vibe attract your tribe? Like what tribe are you bringing around you instead besides your clients that you attract? Are you just kind of this like beam of light that just is attracting the, the, these beautiful people that need to have your guidance? Is that who you are? So that's a really great question, Ashley. And I hear from you for you too in your life with what you're up to with our minimal Oh, funny. See, before. isn't that weird? You're right. Fascinating. Well, that's part of the intuition, but it's also helpful for me. I mean, I used to be a classroom teacher and the, the idea is to help the person be all they can be. And when I was stepped into marketing, I had to be wrestled with to come out of hard teaching so I could go into the soft teaching and the mild teasing that marketing is supposed to be. I just would want to make sure that people got the concept and, you know, it was too much for my marketing. But as you're like, that's my intuition works with to help the person be the best they can be. So I would, it's just, I'm naturally geared that way. So I just saw that with you to help you, you're in front of me. So I noticed like not long after five years or so of doing this work. So when I was doing this part-time alongside the classroom teaching that eventually I came out of the local school system and went into the international school system so I could have more money and more adventure. And I got job offers around the world and I chose Asia because it was the seat of what I understand to be not only knowing about energy, subtle energy, how it flows, why it flows, why it gets blocked, but still operating from it today, whereas it went underground here in the West with alchemy and then the mystery schools. So I chose to go live with the traditional Chinese culture in Taiwan for that decade. And so when I was in the classroom teaching, whether here or there, I still was running the energy medicine sessions and holistic health and wellness alongside. And at that time when it was that low of a volume, so it was with expats from around the world who were living there. It was also with local Chinese. So it was usually only two clients at a time after school. 
after gym, they would tend to reflect me in a way that it was after I had just moved through something, successfully completed a lesson mm-hmm. and through it and beyond it. And then somebody would come in and like within a month, usually for me to then like download that too, or work with them on it. Once I came back to the States and it blew up, I dropped a classroom teaching and the sheer volume of people I work with, has just blown up. It stopped being a reflection of me to a degree. It huh. stopped being the whole cool saying of you attract your vibe attracts your, your tribe. What, I, what I've seen instead is when I committed to this level of service and this type of service, mm-hmm. I started to have people put in front of me who there was, for me, little to no resonance with. I have, had never had any of the kind of life experiences that they had had, was, was horrified at, and still get horrified at some of the unbelievable suffering that people throw into other people's lives because they can't manage their damn selves. Mm-hmm. And you hear that defensiveness on behalf of my clients and my people, because it just, there's so much love that abounds behind every molecule. It's called the field. You know, it's the Tao, it's in Qigong, that's what we learned to, to work with. It's prana, it's life force. And I write about this at the end of my second book as I'm interacting with one of the main yoga teachers to bring yoga to America from India, um, the one who started Kripalu Yoga Center up in the Northeast. And I went to him and asked him about this. And I, I eventually asked him a question like, is it the same? Is the love force, the soul force, the same as life force? Like, is it just basically that it's unconditional love permeating all existence? And you can read the answer in the book. It's a fun oh. story. Um, but I'm implying it here. So I get really protective on behalf of people, even when they're going at themselves, mm-hmm. wanting to protect them from their own beating themselves up or, or, or conditioning from like what I opened up with talking about with the LOA and how people can exaggerate it and make themselves bad and wrong if something quote unquote bad comes into their right. lives. Yeah. So I started serving a different tribe, people who could benefit from the empowerment that you spoke mm-hmm. about. So the people who are actually my confidants, my closest are people who are living in their possibilities and um, aren't focused on stories, aren't focused on um, limitations, but just joyous, naturally light, naturally. And can Not see the victims. That's what I get from you. You don't deal with victims. You know, I started about two years ago, actually saying, or maybe even three years ago, saying on my free monthly call, if you are addicted to the struggle paradigm, I'm not the right mentor for you. Right. But I am in a way because like the products in my shop, I mean, I understand the victim mentality. I can work with it in my sleep, frankly, choose not to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it just, uh, that's the people, some of whom I've, I have been serving um, that I met when I said, when I signed up for that level and said, yes, that level of service, I was serving those who needed protection, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I've just gone through a recent shift, however, where I let myself collapse that. So back like around 2014, I stopped treating cancer patients, back pain, chronic pain. I stopped treating health issues. So I used to be focused on dematerializing matter. And since then, it's been more fun for me materializing stuff into matter from subtle energy manifesting. Right. So- I made that shift back around then because I was realizing this isn't fun. I have to go so high and I have to hold such a space. So when we catch something in the energetics of um, beliefs or consciousness or emotions, it's easier to shift that than before it becomes physicalized. Right. And it's like, 
the disease, the cancer, the, 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 um, tumor in the brain, like, didn't you heal your mom's tumor, your brain tumor? Yeah. Yeah. You healed it. And the doctors thought it was a miracle, right? Yeah. No more on the MRI. And there was an Indian doctor standing in this Floridian cancer Institute looking at us and saying, I don't know what you've been doing, but keep doing it because it's worked. It's a miracle. And I looked at him and did not say this, but I thought, man, the thing I've been using partially comes from your home country. Huh? as you stand there in your white coat, Western trained doctor. And so, then she came back and took medicine and then the Western medicine just counteracted what you healed in her? No, it didn't counteract what we had healed in her. Um, that stayed healed, but there had been from the chemo and radiation that had been alongside it. So while she was doing that, the chemo was messy. And so um, when somebody's in chemo, I needed to just boost their system. Uh, from all the devastating side effects. Once they were done with chemo, I could then start working on the healing of the thing. Radiation doesn't zap a person's system in that whole overall way. Right. Uh, so I could do more repair work on the cells around the damaged cells from the tumor when she was in radiation. But there was so ne- much necrotic tissue, damaged tissue, that eventually that and then the particular medication she went on interacted in a way that caused her to become septic. So it was the side effects of the medication. Now, the doctors won't say that. My dad won't, doesn't even necessarily see that. But my, I left, after I had worked with my mom successfully, I went back to Taiwan for another uh, five years. And I left her in the hands of my own Reiki master and then a couple of other natural healers, a Qigong practitioner, and then somebody over in Palo Alto, California from a distance, working with her in another, with another natural healing system. And my Reiki and I, my Reiki master and I both know that it was the, there was testimonial on the floor of Congress too about necrotic tissue and damage. I could go on about this, Ashley. I'm going to stop going on about it. Yes. Bottom yes. line is clear of it. And then yes. the side effects built into a whole nother thing that we had to deal with that eventually took her. So when you were in doing that, those, those years of healing and, you know, really working in your mind and healing these people of these illnesses, you got to the place where you were like, I need to work on, uh, let's switch it up. I want to work for the, the manifesting thing. So you can more fun. Let's let this yeah. be lighter. Right. This is way too heavy. Look at how heavy we just got. Right. Well, that's yep. the thing. I'm like, we need to move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, can't, I said the same thing. That's what made me say. I could go on, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. So you asked me then about um, the shift. I was talking about the shift I've gone through recently. So attracting my tribe now, nowadays, it's more like people who I do want some of a reflection of me. And I have mavericks who come in, like people who have like this big idea and she needs uh, a grant to get it done. And she gets that. Another woman who has like this incredible heart that wants to serve and needs to come up with the structure of how to do that. Like it's, I'm, I'm serving people up to big missions and I'm happy to do that. And not the victims quite so much at all anymore. <laughs> so right. it's lighter and more fun for me. But like today, I, when I was doing your meditation, the success, what the do you call gift, the my yes. Main yes. website, allisonjk.com or vibrationalupgrade.com. Go to the main page. It's a free gift. It's a 30 or 20 minute clearing and activations of the most common blocks to success. I've identified people using. Yes. So you're changing people, their thoughts, they think you're turning them from the negative to the positive. You're reprogramming their brain in those. Is that right? Is that how you describe it? No, I would say yes. Yes. But it's beyond that because then I bring in the years or decades of energy medicine applied towards people on the table. 
And the second energy medicine modality I learned, which was Tibetan, and I was attuned to and shown how to use my heart to make certain commands. And what you're listening to are, it's more than working on the subconscious, the unconscious for a flippage of beliefs. There's a lot of unseen, unconditional love in there. And there's a lot of unseen activation of your own latent keys and codes in there, the empowerment you talked about. It's in my field. It gets activated with everybody I come into interaction with. If I don't even ever talk about it, except maybe using chopsticks. Huh. Wow. Yeah. It's in my field. I carry it. I'm understanding like when you talk about, I mean, I know when you're zero to two, the whole thing. Yep. To up to seven years old, your program, your parents, your surroundings and all that is programming your brain. And you talk about 85% to 90% is all the things you do in your life. Your subconscious is doing it. It's like driving a car. And if I see that so much in people, because I'm becoming more aware and more trying to work on my intuition. And I think this whole year in this pandemic, I've really tuned into that, especially having this podcast and meeting people like you and going within a lot more and not having to do the the hamster wheel thing all day long, you know, being stuck, you know, why did we get, I mean, I can't wait to talk about that with you, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I've really realized how, you know, you can listen to your thoughts and go, gosh, those are my past things. Like that, I'm answering that same question because of some past experience or whatever, but I want you to explain that. Cause I really love the way you, you explain it. Cause I've heard it explained, you know, obviously different ways, but I love yours. So please share. Honestly. And you're, I love that you're asking about that because you're wanting to work with people's potential. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Yeah. And that's what I see. See, I see it in them so much. I get so into it and so passionate because I see it and I want them to see it so bad. And they're like, okay, okay. And then I do it with my girls too. And they're like, mom, you're screaming. <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I say, Can you just be quiet? And we're in the car and I'm like, you got it. You just got to see it like I do. <laughs> so I get so, you know, into it anyway. Ashley, yes. I'm with you. I do too. I, I do, sometimes I feel so passionate about what I'm saying. I will say out loud during an interview or a group call where I'm facilitating people, am I screaming? I feel like I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and they always say no, but it's because I'm feeling so passionate. Yes, yeah. I get it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to calm down. The girls are like, well, you're crazy. <laughs> I get more like that when I'm, I'm hammering somebody about letting themselves get freer. Uh, yes. Like potential there is. So how yes. much potential there is, is this is one of my main underlying uh, motivations and behind my mission, coming back to the States and realizing that, man, there is so much ex- extra unnecessary suffering that goes on over here. Mm. If we would only go inside and learn to work within our own minds and consciousness and learn about our subtle energy and learn how to have it work to our advantage rather than running thinking there's a boogeyman or we're going to find our crazy and the basic premise behind Buddhist meditation or all meditation is, well, every human mind is neurotic. Here's the tools to work with your particular flavor. So not running from going within, um, but then also not just totally overly focused on the external as we're in this rebalancing time between interior, exterior, material, spiritual, feminine, masculine. So Part of that, though, is there's so much more potential that we just are not conditioned to even think about in the States and in the West. So that there's the conscious mind, which is where you hear your thoughts. It's called the ego mind of meditation. This is what we work with. Mm -hmm. Then we have the subconscious and we have the unconscious. And sub means underconscious. Unconscious means 
the prefix on his English lit teacher. I mean, the prefix on is not conscious. So that means that, that at the unconscious and subconscious level, we are not hearing those thoughts. We are not in meditation hearing those thoughts. After minute 20, we do begin to flush the subconscious with a higher energy, but we don't ever hear those thoughts in meditation. We typically don't until we get much more advanced in our practice. So it is shown through different studies that it is at least 85% of our daily choices that we make, whether you're listening to this now or you're listening to a different podcast, for example, or you listen to no podcasts and you listen to what kind of music you listen to, blah, 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 choices we make and choices we don't ever see as possible for us. Mm -hmm. They're not even on our radar as, as something available. We don't even know what exists. All of that, 85 at least percent of that's locked down in the unconscious and subconscious. So what that means is we're repeating the past redundantly. And in order to have movement beyond what you're familiar with, which is what we're here for, frankly, as a soul and a body, then, and that's what keeps you healthy, vital, and with longevity is that growth, Mm -hmm. just like a flower, a plant, or a tree. They don't grow down, they grow up. Right. Learning what, when I was talking before about clearing or purifying consciousness, this is in part what I mean, running those clearings and activations on yourself, like from that success MP3, that's going to release some conditioning. That's going to release some imprints. That's going to release some past life trauma. That's going to release possibly some contracts or from a past life or vows or oaths, like vows of poverty or when you've been extremely hurt in another lifetime, you've built up all the success and you lose your family to a fire and you lose all your money and you vow, I'll never have that much money again. That's what cost me my family. Mm. And it's such a strong emotional state that gets locked into your soul. And so then that's one of the things, for example, that I clear. So as we purify these older things that reside in our unconscious and subconscious, that releases more now fresh, awakened consciousness to then have helping us have more ability to observe our thoughts. And with the clearings and activations, the the effect is you have more space in between your thoughts Mm -hmm. because you now have space for new thoughts because the old blockages have been cleared and fresh new consciousness or life force is now there. And so I remember I was putting a key in my front, my front door of the, um, the flat I lived in at the time. And I was like, oh my God, that's a new thought. Just stopping myself, seeing the effects of, yes. yeah. So in order to feel like you have more possible, this work is needed. In, and then in order to actually make the choices, have them presented to you in synchronicities and have your attention flagged by it and then having the courage to act on it that will be a step towards the new life all of that I've seen I have to depends on the person but typically there's each of those segments I have to help people clear on like one major step is you may hear the guidance but you don't have the balls to follow it right totally yeah there's no action and that's what I always say like always in the little minds of my children it's you know a goal is just a dream if you don't take action and that's just this little thing but if you can learn that early in life and know that you know you just can't sit here and meditate and visualize you got to do the action you got to listen to those synchrodestiny moments that come to you and keep going you know and listen and go and listen and go and I always say you know kick the door like I always say once you figure out that you can kick the door and get through there it's going to be 
oh, you're going to go, oh, your little brain's going to say, oh yeah, I did that last time. I can do it again. But to see the magic, and that's where I call the magic. It's like, once you do that and you start seeing the progress of the possibilities that you have in your life that are beyond your wildest imagination. They are. But to just keep going and to just trust and surrender. And I'm all about those words because when I look at my life, the moment that I trusted and surrendered, it was all, it's all there. The gifts. I mean, it's like, whoa, you know, where, where have I been? Like, this is amazing. You know, this is all possible. And I love that word. And I think that when you look at life and you're with people that you're, that still are working in those little paradigm, you know, those little minds that they've been working with their whole life and their past, you know, and their little programs that keep, it's like a recording. It's a, because I see a cassette tape in their brain or something, right? To get them out of that, especially now, I mean, with me, that since I'm dealing with the children, their fresh brains from being programmed to seven, like the my the, favorite age, by the way, in the classroom. Well, yes. Oh, yes. And you know what? I'm having more fun with my 11 and 12 year olds. You're right. And my eight year old, you know, the ones that are getting ready to go to college. Yep. You know, it's like, really, I'm just like, I see it so much that I, it's like, I'm drilling it. You know, it's like, this is what you got to do and you, you got to see it. But these little ones are like the 12 year olds, like, oh my gosh, Ashley, whatever you say, I'm doing it. You know, like they're ready. It's like, totally. they, they've been gifted. They, I feel like they're a gift from God. Like they've been, I have goosebumps right now, but they've been brought to me. And I always know that the perfect, and they are, it's like, they're so ready you know, and to see these little minds go, whatever, what are you going to tell me next? You know, like, I can't wait to do it. And they see the, the, those steps of magic and to know at that age, I just love it. So when you're dealing with people that are playing those programs, you have to do this clearing and you do the chakras too. And the way you describe chakras is fascinating to me. I, I owned a spa when I was back in 30 years old and I had the, I did oh. uh, Qigong. I did that. Oh. I had that on Sundays. The lady came and taught Qigong because my, my daughter and I were in the car today listening to your podcast. She's like, what's Qigong? <laughs> and I said, oh, oh wow, fun. You got to I've explain. done it. I get, yeah. And I said, I used to do it at the spa. This lady came on Sundays and we had classes. And so that was an interesting thing, but I've done the Reiki and, you know, I've had all that. And, you know, we had, a would learned that at one point in my life back then. But when you describe your, the different chakras, but at one point back then, at one point back in the spa days before my life, the way you look at that, I do kind of before my children and I've been, you know, the whole mom journey, the momming, the verb. Yes. The momming. But will you explain your, the way you, yeah. Chakras. I'd be happy. Okay. What? He was saying, have you ever, what are chakras? And I said, oh, well, that was the other day. It's so funny. He's like, he kind of opened up his little mind wow. over the pandemic and it's like, he's now, you know, I've, it's not, I'm not the kind of person that's going to say, you got to read this book and this it's, it'll come when it's, you know, right. You know, he'll be, the teacher is ready or whatever. The student is ready with the teacher. Choice. It's all yeah. choice. All choice. And it's all good. And they're on their own journey. And I say that to all the kids, like they're all on their journey. There's no judgment. They're there. That's look at that. It's amazing. You look where you are. That's amazing. We're all in our own journey, but it would be so fun to learn that it can be easy and how the possibilities. So let's let's go to the chakras. Okay. You know, I just want to add in. I, I was on an interview with the male um, a couple months back, and 
he asked me about the chakras from a little bit of a different perspective. And I commented like how, kind of like what you just did about, um, wow, that's great. You're talking about the chakras. Cause I remember being on an interview like back in 2011 and the interviewer asking me, um, isn't this all just woo woo? And I said, you know, I just came from over half the rest of the world that this stuff is primary and the physical is secondary. They understand that energy is more important than matter and is in fact what creates what shows up in matter. At this point, I think it's ignorant to consider any of this woo. Oh, totally. Yeah, so I didn't obviously say that to the guy a couple of months back, but I did comment with what you said. I feel like, well, or he actually said COVID, I think people are just more awake and, and, and wanting to know about this stuff. So I just wish... I don't normally talk like that because I don't normally live in regret. I just, you know, it is what it is, except mm-hmm. as people choose, they choose. But I know I cried and I don't emote a lot. I'm pretty neutral. I mean, I'm not emotionless. So obviously I'm very passionate, um, but I don't easily cry. But I did in public, my first live to address the COVID when it hit the States because I was just so, I had been talking about it since 2011. These are the human humanity's awakening times from 2012 to 2032 and that the old paradigm is crumbling all if you're having a bunch of things like shite hitting the fan if there's a divorce pending and there's a job loss and there's an illness diagnosis that's because you're being forced to live in a new way hopefully you don't require that many different crises and my preference is to work with people who don't even need crises to -hmm. choose more for themselves but I came to understand that COVID was because not enough people had been choosing proactively this growth, this internal growth. And I was not, and I have not really, other than that, philosophized about COVID because it's just what I've been talking about since 2011, about these grand times that are the greatest evolutionary shift here for humans. So apparently people are now considering working proactively without needing crisis with their interior world and more ready to hear about chakras cool yeah. <laughs> i'll take that <laughs> right but you know i was just having this conversation today with my friend and we were t- she's you know doing all these breath work sessions and all of a sudden the next time i see her she's done she bought a course and she's doing something else she's going to to this emdr woman that's learning teaching that she's doing the t- i go gosh you know a year ago we would not have been talking about this you know and it's just so fascinating to see I love your perception and I, I know we need to talk about the chakras, but I don't want to let it go before we talk about why you saw this whole 2012 to 2032, you know, this, uh, yes, that's very important. And I want, I love your um, take on it. So let's talk about the chakras before we end. And also the, this whole COVID thing or this transition transition period of our life. So to you the most about what you've heard me say about this 20 year window. What has come to me about that 20-year window that you've what that I've learned been, from you? Yeah. Yes. That we were, it's, it's like the age of, we're going from, we needed to break it up. No one was, they weren't, they're on their hamster wheel, right? It, no one was getting it. So something has to collapse and it has to be the whole entire world because it's not going to make an impact, but no one's going to get it unless the whole entire collective, right? Gets, to, has to stop. Apparently. Right? Yeah. And it used to be what? I remember, thank you, because that can help me help you better and serve you better to see what stuck out too. I remember being in Chichen Itza at the Mayan ruins. I'm starting to rub my head because it's just so much to talk about. And 
what seems to be clearing between what we're talking about right now is that sense that humanity, the listeners, I can perceive it in the audience, the listeners are riveted from what we just talked about in that perhaps we didn't even need COVID if we were more proactive. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, my last round of retreats that I had to take virtually again, instead of taking my masterminders over to Glastonbury, UK and, and taking them out to sacred sites and attuning and training them. On that last round, we had, or even two rounds ago at this point, a woman who came on, uh, lives really close to the Avery Stone Circle and um, was furthering their understanding of dousing, which I had already given to them in person. And she told me, like, she wanted to do a reading for us. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it. I'm always one doing them. (laughs) Right. Right. My students were happy. Yeah, they were happy to see that for me and be a part of it witnessing it. And so she said, you know, a prediction you made is going to come true. And just the sense that I don't like to be a nag. I don't nag. Mm -hmm. It's always choice. And yet my incredulity, and it's a part of my tears after getting over those tears about the suffering of humanity at, oh my God, this is really what both myself and my lead enrollment coach who takes incoming calls about people and seeing if we're going to invite them in to work with me or not. And if it's a fit and seeing what they need, doing an energy scan, et cetera. She and I have been talking about how a part of this is helping people get over their hesitation to taking action on their own behalf and really realizing how resistant people are until they have a problem, until we have, they have the pain points that can get pushed that they take action because of. And it had really reached critical threshold around COVID time when it burst through as something this was going to, it was going to be bigger. It wasn't going to get contained within a month or two that this had to explode and go on because people just will not take action on behalf of evolving themselves. That feels like the audience is still riveted on that. They require crisis that they require a a diagnosis in order to go see a natural healer or find out about their soul levels, existence and, and desires and tune into their heart. They need some kind of um, crisis of, um, I need to get out of this job or I've lost my job. Now, what do I do? Like without that, they just don't choose it proactively. Yes. It's huge. And so thank you for the sacred space you're holding and that posture of yours that you're holding right now and allowing me and us to acknowledge that because it sounds like the two of us have both been at it for a while, holding the space and talking about this stuff and sponsoring it on behalf of other people's learning and growth. And we're not alone. So I'm grateful for not having to pound out anymore, like as much the teaching about the chakras and the necessity to pay attention to the subtle energy system and consciousness. I'm grateful to your husband for asking you about the chakra system. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So they're an intersection of the mind, body, and spirit. Chakra means wheel from Sanskrit to English. And we have seven main ones, top of our head, between our eyebrows. I know most of you know this already. Sorry if I'm repeating throat, heart, upper belly, lower belly, tailbone. And that was the crown down to the root, how I just listed them. And they're an intersection of mind, body, and spirit. Excuse me, just had my uh, protein drink. So if you, (laughs) and I'm talking a lot here. So if you think of a city center, like an urban center, and there's a bunch of highways and interstates that have exits for that urban center, and then there's side roads and alternative routes that you can take, or even country roads, all of these different roads and pathways leading into the urban center. That's what a chakra is like with then the accompanying nadis, as we call it in yoga, or meridians, as we call it in TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, which is the basis for qigong. So energy flows from these main centers, these urban centers that are the chakras that are meant to be open wheels turning 
this vital life force energy or chi or prana or ki as in Reiki out throughout that area of the body where that chakra resides. Correspondingly, every chakra is responsible for one of the major endocrine glands. So the entire endocrine or hormonal system is covered. Additionally, Candace Pert was doing studies for a pharmaceutical company and researching antidepressants. And she found, because she knew of the chakra system, when she was investigating neuroreceptor sites, it became revealed to her that the biggest gatherings of nerve ganglia that receive that other receptors from the messaging of the brain are gathered along the spine at where each of the major chakras are. Hmm. So that's now the central nervous system. So that's the two main communication centers of our or systems of our bodies, the electrical or central nervous system and the chemical or the hormonal or endocrine. So for example, the throat chakra is connected to the thyroid. A lot of the, in every chakra covers a certain domain in life. It's like each one has a right to. So your rooted chakra is, I have the right to be here. So sometimes what I've seen as a blockage is if somebody grows up where they're in the womb and one of their parents or both were really anxious about being able to bring and afford this child. Maybe there was abandonment by one of the parents after birth. Maybe there was not a lot of presence and nurturing for the child. So they didn't feel like they had the right to be here. That became the conclusion, the unconscious conclusion associated with the root chakra. The root chakra is responsible for the part of the body that's at the tailbone, but it also includes down to the feet. Most of the other chakras, all of the other chakras don't have that big of a physical domain. The second chakra, the lower belly, is the sacrum in the back, and it's over to the hips, the pelvic area. That's the sacral chakra, for example. So if somebody grows up with, I don't have the right to be here, with that as an unconscious motivating factor, then that's going to typically lead to root chakra blockages, which means it may defer to their, what I've seen is people defer to their intellect, they become extremely heady, or they're all, they're maybe bad with money, or they may be in a pattern where if they're sensitive, what they may have done was have the secondary belief wired in unconsciously of, if I don't have the right to be here, then therefore I need to earn that right. And so they may have become an extra positive person going around and absorbing all negativity in any environment when they walk in and we all automatically, energy is our first language, doesn't matter. We all automatically go in and do an energy check or read on the room. Mm-hmm. This person with this pattern may think I need to make up for not having the right to be here by absorbing the negative energy in this room with my solar plexus chakra, because that's where that huh. empathic equipment is located. So as I unwind and clear these blocks, that area of the body, that area of the mind or consciousness at all levels, the sub and conscious mind. So all my thoughts about my right to be here, all my thoughts about rejection, all my thoughts about acceptance, or the majority of them would then be getting also worked on when I'm working on the root chakra. Money is a part of this one, but it's not the main one responsible for money. And there's a misunderstanding out there about that. And then the spirit. So I can access like the karmic contracts or the karmic or the karma itself or past life traumas where there were maybe one thing that I see a lot is that if people were hung in another lifetime for speaking truth to power, then um, they come in with this conclusion of, man, every time I'm in a body down there, I go through trauma and they don't ever fully root or ground. Huh. And so when I can get to that one, it deeply affects and rebalance, not rebalances, but further opens the root chakra. When the entire column is open, when there's been enough purification and clearing of one's consciousness, and then therefore there's more alignment and every chakra is unable to spin, the, be the wheel it's meant to be, it creates a vortex out from each one. From that vortex, it creates our overall field. And then from that overall field, we're emanating out all of these different vibrations based on what our chakras are sending out for frequencies. 
And then from our overall field, we then connect with or stay shut down to the unlimited field of possibilities, the greater Tao that's all around us that we can connect with. And we learn to connect with, with Qigong, for example. So that's how we come out of like small me suffering. This is also bad. I'm alone. Nobody else feels the way I do. All those ego mind thoughts, opening, clearing, opening, clearing, opening, blossoming, clearing, blossoming, living up to one's potential. It eventually becomes. When you're with somebody, if you have to do it like this way, can you like read my chakras by just seeing my energy? You want me to? Please. Oh, you're funny. I don't only do this. this You're the second interviewer in a row that's asked me to do this. How funny is that? Let me zone in on one thing. Let me see what would help you the most. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second, sacral, don't have the right to feel the way you feel. Uh, pelvis, hips, put others first. Seems like a guess because I know you're momming, but this is such a frequent pattern with moms and women. This is actually usually the quietest and the last chakra to come online um, because of historically all that we're still clearing is females for the feminine itself. I don't have the right to feel the way I feel, therefore, I don't have the right to do this instead of that version of momming or wifing. Mm-hmm. I need to just support. I need to go along with. So it's the secondary chakra involved here is the throat with speaking up for, not for the great parenting that you are doing, but for the most innermost, even though I'm seeing the little girl, Ashley, now, like and that's now inner child and inner joy is more the third chakra, but the feelings, it's almost like the little girl didn't, get a chance to express or feel somebody didn't understand that got suppressed in you environment around you didn't encourage emotional expression mm-hmm. or emotional feeling. So second priority, fifth and third are all totally able to benefit from small clearing because once you're able to more on, feel like you have the right to feel the way you feel, then there's more honoring. And I'll tell you what, when I lived in Asia for it started there, I put my, I went to sleep every night with one hand treating my heart chakra, one hand treating, treating my sacral chakra. And I swear to God, it's the most feminizing, rebalancing mm-hmm. to the feminine system combination that there is, the second and the fourth. Um, you're right to feel the way you feel. And then this is where we give from and where we receive from. Right. Yeah. So self-care and self-nurturance happens from the heart chakra. I know that the rate of breast cancer in women in the States and in the West is what it is in great part because of the overgiving, right, the imbalance with the receiving mm-hmm. and the masculine and the feminine are rebalancing now, but we hold a lot. Like if I was just watching a show last night on the Edwardian family life, and it reminded me like the women, what they weren't able to do and how they were just supposed to be stoic and like prizes or trophy wives. And, you know, it just, the lack of self-expression allowed mm-hmm. that when they got a bicycle, they got the amount of freedom they got was ridiculous, you know? So it's just historically still in the collective psyche and it's pouring out during these times right now. So even if you only related to like, I know I can feel it from you, like 80% of what I just said, the, there's still clearing that you can do for yourself that will help improve even further and give you more increasing possibilities, not to go at it just from a blocked perspective. But even when you make yourself more joyous and more vibrant and more living up to your potential, you open up that possibility for the collective via the holographic field. So like, even if you feel like you're a mom or a wife out there or a husband and you're raising kids and you don't have some big grand mission for your work, it doesn't matter. This is, I mean, by you getting yourself elevated, you are helping humanity. 
because mm, of how yes. connected we all are. Right. You know, and I, you know, I love the, you know, you think of what I always talk about vibration and, you know, the love and being that, having that energy always, you know, and having that, cause that's when you're doing the best for everybody, right? You included though, doing the best for you included. Me too. For me too. And everyone to know that if people could understand I mean, just even you saying that about my being able to express myself, you know, I've had so many readings in my life, but I've never had that someone say that to me. And it really is so where I'm at in my life right now. You know, it's just like you get the messages when the synchro destiny messages that I just got, but it, you know, I look back and you look, you know, I know that you're a lot of healing your mom, you know, what, you know, all this, the stuff that I've learned from you you know, always the mom and then your grandparents and their, you know, all the stuff that goes back to know that, you know, what order, birth order were you in? I was the oldest of three girls. You know, what, how does that affect all those blocking, right? All the, all your chakras and your energy, you know, what have you been, you know, and, and having that open, you yep. know, getting that space open. Yep. Right. Yeah. And it's not just about having blocks, like the lineage of your parents, where they may have had a potato famine, clearing that out of the collective that got passed in the, down in the DNA, like it, it, clearing that out of the collective consciousness and the collective memory also in the DNA. Like if you've had something with like the potato famine, it just feels like we're in such new times. It's a reboot. And, right. and it just feels like we're clearing out all of the old paradigms to get ready to really start rock and roll on something new. Yeah. What do you <laughs> see in that? Where are we going? This time right now in March, we actually are in April as we record this, just the equinox we just passed in March, Ashley, I feel like it was a, I saw a lot of karmic completion. I had a lot of my mastermind was just dropping from having done enough work so far, dropping just completely old behavioral patterns and really now learning how to live with there being nothing wrong and being able to create and co-create again and co-create more, Uh, build the momentum towards their life that they've been working with me to get to, like getting there. Right. So it seems like we're in that crumbling is is done for the most part of the old paradigm, all the old institutions, the old ways of being, it's still happening a little bit, but the building stage is now really beginning, especially for those of us on the front lines, as we create new ways of doing business, new ways of doing banking, new ways of organizing um, our politics and government and society. And I know if you take a mind's eye view and look from your intellect at how bad it's been, it's only been bad because something new and better has been wanting to emerge from behind it like a storm. Right. Yeah. So true. And I love to look at it that way. And, you know, it's only when you think it's only been a year, you know, 360, you know, it's not a a year ago today, we were like, maybe next week we'll get out of the corner, maybe next week. And then it's like, we're quoting the Bible 40 days and 40, like maybe 40 (laughs) days. (laughs) I remember that one. And then it's like, okay, maybe not school. Maybe we won't go back. You know, so all the, the maybes and the what ifs, you know, living in that way, but really um, taking that time. And I, you know, knowing now, you know, 2020 vision, looking hindsight to know that we all, the ones that chose to grow and open their energy and have the possibilities and know that they're ready to go on to that next, you know, whatever we're going, loving, uh, leveling up and to know that we chose this time to come here. We were part of this plan, you know, in a body right now, it is such a bloody honor, right? Privilege. We chose this time. We're the ones we're the, 
we're going to do it. We're going to push this past through this. I'm doing it. You're doing it with the, your podcast and the work you're doing with people. I'm doing it with the work I'm doing with people. We're all doing it. We're choosing it. And you can either choose to come kicking and screaming with crisis and suffering and death and destruction, or you can choose to do it with joy and happiness and, and, the, and thriving in abundance. I mean, it's right. your choice. It's all choice. Right. And some karma may suck and you may feel like a victim, but just you can clear out the karma, diligently keep your nose to the grindstone and clearing it out and getting to the end of that pattern and being done with it. Yes. Oh, see, you get so fired up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're at the end, but let's, okay. Yeah. I want to talk about your new, you have four books and your newest one is cool. Cause it's not the nonfiction book. It's the uh, yes, the Dragon Master Creatix. I wrote that down and then I thought, did I spell that right? Create uh, tricks. Converse- Everybody has a hard time with that. Create yeah, tricks. Create tricks. Yeah. Tricks. Conversations with a female spiritual teacher for these new times. Uh, were you writing this book before? When did you start writing that? Uh, October of 2020. Yeah, it's a really fun book. It's it's different when you said it's nonfiction, like my first three. It's really fun because it's written from the perspective of a student of mine going in search of ancient power mysteries. And she's going on a retreat to learn about energy medicine. And she's being, she's narrating, getting over there to the UK, getting taken out to sacred sites and stone circles and receiving the trainings and attunements to a degree. So giving all the secrets away. And then the second half of each chapter is me answering questions that my students have actually asked. So it's really advanced teachings that are in there. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to get it. And then your- yeah, I'd um, love it, actually, actually. Yeah, I would. I would love it. I just can't believe you wrote it in October. Of, you wrote it in October of 2020 or it came out? It came out the day after inauguration here in the okay. state. It started to get written in October. And then really through the November to New Year's time was hammered on. And then the production started after January. So yeah, I guess two months. Gosh, isn't that fast for writing a book? Um, (laughs) One of my nicknames is a beast of manifesting. And I do that on behalf of others and help others do that. So for me, just the creation wants to happen through me. I lie. You just write. I create space for it. And this wasn't just writing too. It was also, how does this want to be structured? What fits in best where? I mean, there was first the flow and then there was allowing of the flow that was more structural and organizational for the benefit of the reader. So I feel like when we balance our left and right brain, it's like our intellect and our intuition really work in this compatible way that's so advanced so that my intellectual choices are still guided from my intuition and my mm-hmm. intuition is super logical. So it's, it's this elevated wow. state, frankly. Yeah. I've heard, you know, books being channeled, but when you describe it that way, it's a whole different, I mean, it's to put it that way. I love that. You've really mm-hmm. opened my eyes to things. <laughs> when people want to work with you or want to have you do this clearing, they go to your website, they go to vib- what? There's vibrational, two- up- it's okay. Vibrationalupgrade.com. It might be easier for you. Or then my name, Allison with one L, the middle initial J and then K-A-Y.com. And then you'll see a work with me tab. If you go to the programs one, my signature program is Magic Manifestation and Money Flow. You can get on a what's called an open the drawbridge call where we'll do an energy scan. We'll meaning mostly my team, not me nowadays, and help you see what is blocking and what the potential is it wants to be released. And then if it's a fit, we'll look into possibly inviting you into working with me. 
And when you say you, you do an energy read is like what you just did with me. Yeah. They're my trained students. Hmm. So you're training two of them. Well, I mean, I've trained more than two of them. That's what the Dragon Master Creatrix book is about. I've been doing attunements for 13 years on others, but Vibration Upgrade System, I've been training practitioners in now for four years. Oh, neat. So yeah, that's at the mastermind level. That's what we're doing on the retreats. And it's fabulous. It's like one-stop shopping, frankly. It's, it, it, people end up with almost like a business in a box. I don't mean to make it sound formulaic because I'm anything but that. But really, I mean, it's everything from marketing blurbs to how to you how to bring down the light, how to have the light connect with you more, how to channel it into other people, how to present this at workshops with a clearing statement. It's mini me's basically, but you're uh, doing it your own way. So uh, you can get to that through going in and open the drawbridge call. There's an application to fill out and then you get on a call and one of my two people, they're trained vibrational upgrade practitioners. One's at the dragon master level, one's at master level they're on the call with you and they're doing the scans as I've taught them to, and they've been doing it for years. Oh, so neat. Oh, I love this. We could, I could keep going. Yeah, Ashley, I feel like we may want to play again, Yeah, but I do have to go now. I Um, know, sorry. No, it's been, it's same here. It's very compatible. I enjoy it. Me too. I, there's so much more that we'll have to do a part two. Um, I've enjoyed it immensely and I'm grateful for this time. And what you've brought to this show. I mean, what my listeners have gotten from you and what they can, it's like you give these, they're just real, you know, and tangible. And it's a matter of fact, you know, that's what I love. It's like where we are in this life right now. It's like, come on, people, like you get, this is what you got to do. This is where we're at. Let's go. Let's go. It is a matter of fact. And it is, let's go. I mean, really, I I mean, hold on a second. This is really kind of. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) See? Yeah. Let's do this. Yes. It's time. Thank you so much. So wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.